we were doing two weeks ago on dominion. Everybody say dominion. And I don't have to go back to our theme verse, which was all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's Matthew 28. We all know that by now. Uh, but I want to take you today to our text. And today we're going to deal with dominion part three, actually. There were two of them from t- two weeks ago. But I'm going to give you another skill set today. Uh, to really win in life and defeat the devil. Because how many of you know there's nothing he can do to hinder what God wants to do as long as you have the know-how to deal with him? Now, he can hinder you when you don't have the know-how to deal with him. But when you know how to deal with him, nothing he can try will stop, Rose, a move of God. Amen? Are you ready to go to school? Let's go to Isaiah 54 and 17. And just some history. This was God trying to affirm his people, Israel. I don't want to give a long foundation because I got so much to share with you. But he was trying to affirm his people, Israel, and get them to understand that he was the right way, that he was the one that would give them what they need and that he would give them victory through him. Uh, He was letting them know stuff like great will be their peace and even the peace of their children. He was telling them that he would establish them in righteousness, uh, that he would favor them. And so I want you to come with me. And something we just did turned me down. Um, Chat, you want to see just fill in the, fill in the, add another book in. Amen. Amen. All right. And I'll still keep this one on tap. If it comes back, we'll we'll do that. But how many know a microphone is a microphone? (laughs) Amen. We'll get through it just fine. But he was affirming God's people to let them know that they would have peace. He was letting them know that they would have victory. Oh, this is good. That they'd have everything that they need. Amen. And uh, so after that, he goes to Isaiah 54 and 17. And he says it this way. He says, And that sounds great, guys. He says, no weapon that is formed against thee. Everybody say, that's me. God is talking about you this morning. He says, no weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper. Somebody say it won't work. And this is where I want to get my focus this morning. In every tongue, everybody say every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shall condemn it. Thou shalt condemn it. That thou is not God. That thou is you. Everybody say, that's me. We've misunderstood this scripture when we think that this thou here refers to God because what we assume is, is that God is going to condemn Satan's weapons. You have the power through the name of Jesus to condemn Satan's weapons in every tongue that rises against you. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to do it. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, you will condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Just one verse. This is the heritage of the saints of the Lord and their righteousness of me. But from that B portion that says, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, you shall condemn it. I want to draw my text. We're Dominion Part 3. But today I want to talk about a simple thought. I want talk from this thought don't say that that. everybody say don't say that that. 
Don't say that. Even if you're joking around, don't joke around about my defeat. Don't say that. Even if you're playing or you're trying to be unjust, don't talk about me not making it into the promised land. Don't say that. Proverbs 18 and 21 says it this way, and this is just an introduction, so you don't have to turn there. But it says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Y'all, that scripture means just what it is saying. Words have power. You can speak life over situation roles, or you can speak death over a situation. Your mouth has the ability to create or destroy your future. It can be a highly successful future because of what you say, or it can be a damnable future because of what you say. Let me tell you something about words. Words are so powerful that they literally cause many people to never maximize their potential. Some of you are sitting in here today, and you had that mean aunt or mean uncle. So for many people, it was mom and dad that would speak things over you as a child. And over time, they even convinced you of your self-esteem. They convinced you that you were worthless. You know, they convinced you that you weren't smart. You know, this is why parents, even when you're disciplining your child, don't cuss them out. Even when you're disciplining your little boys especially, don't call them dumb. Because for the little black boy, he's going to be called dumb all his life. The world thinks we're dumb. Right? So you have to build that young man of God up because one day he will be an adult. So you don't want to speak over him. And our little ladies, you don't want to speak. You know, don't do what a lot of us do in our African-American family reunions. Make jokes that are inappropriate like, there she is, that little hussy. So you just spoke whoredoms over your daughter. Joking around, playing around, but speaking all kinds of wicked things into existence. And remember, when you deal in the spiritual realm, every spirit needs authorization. So if you give authorization to wicked ideals and wicked ideologies over your life, your children's life, your husband's life, that gives Satan an opportunity, as the word of God says, to get a foothold. Everybody say, don't say that. And so where do these words come from, negative words? Where do these kind of connotations enter into our atmosphere? We're going back to Isaiah 54, and before we go there, notice that he says, no weapon formed against you will prosper in every what? Every tongue. Everybody say every word. Every word that rises up against you, you've got to condemn it. For somebody in this church today, and I'm going to flip you through some passages, but there's some words spoken over your life that by the time we get to the end of this message, you're going to take authority over those words. There are words spoken over you long ago. Many of you, I don't know who you are, but maybe your husband fought you on your way to church this morning and spoke words over you. And you are going to condemn those words. You're going to bring those words right back in the proper perspective. I told you, and I'll give you a full announcement next week, but uh, Lord say the same. We got clearance this past Friday from the bank to close on Thursday morning. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, let me help you understand how this thing works, because over the past few months, I have had at least two types of people to talk to me. And, and, And for the record, it was no one in this church. 
Nobody in this church spoke doubt to me, and you should be proud of yourself because I didn't hear anybody speak any doubt in this church, not to me. But I can tell you that there have been others who even out of concern, meaning no harm, have spoke words of defeat, not knowing that they're speaking it. They've said stuff to me like, well, so the thing is not quite closed yet. Well, maybe that's not what God's saying. I I never want you to have anything that would hurt you. Right. I won't say any names, but they meant no harm. But every time they spoke words, everybody say words. When those words came forth into your pastor, every time they spoke it, not being mean or evil to the person who had good, genuine concern, I would still condemn it. So if they spoke something out of concern because they don't want me to be hurt, they don't want me to be in over my head or us to bite off something we can't chew, I would always rebut what they said by saying, but no, this is what God has for us. Whatever God gives us, he can afford. Whatever God, oh, I wish I was in church. Whatever God brings you to, he can pay for it. No, I'm not nervous. No, everything's going to be just fine. Amen. And soon after that, I'd hang the phone up. Come on. Because you got to learn how to condemn words, even spoken out of concern, that don't agree with what God has said. What am I trying to say? Whenever you get a word from the Lord, you are not wrestling with whether or not it's going to come to pass. And you're not hearing anybody but God. In fact, you're like Paul. Let God be true and every man a lie. I appreciate your opinion But God's word is what I'm resting on. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Am I in church this morning? And all other ground is sinking sand. I ain't studying what the devil has to say. I am studying what God has already said. Are you in here this morning? And if you think this is play play and it's no big deal and that preacher is just too serious, they're too far to the right, you keep speaking defeat. Keep speaking it. And then when you go to the doctor and the next time they tell you it doesn't look good, agree with them. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Go ahead and establish that word. Agree with them and you will die. Christian is here today because I disagreed with everything the specialist told me. They would tell me this. They would tell me that. And at the end of the day, I didn't just say God has the final say, which he does. I said I got the final say because he told me to bind it on earth. Are you hearing me in here? I said, no, I appreciate your concern. But by his stripes, his heart is acting right. By his stripes, he's going to be born. By his stripes, he's going to get here and that fat plump baby is here happy and well because you disagreed with what the specialist said. Everybody say don't say that. Now that's fine if you want to speak defeat over your life. That's your prerogative. You single in here, we had such a great single enrichment class, and you want to listen to all the statistics on how black women probably won't get married? Well, you agree with that. But you got to have what First Lady had and what Pastor Gabe had. See, we had a not me praise. You know what a not me praise is? Everybody else ain't getting married, not me. 
Everybody else going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. Not me. Mm-mm, I'm going to have more than enough, baby, and plenty more in store. You, everybody, oh, it's a bad economy. Not for me. I live in Goshen. I live in the kingdom. My God, if you ever need anything to eat, stop by the Rogers house because the cupboard is full. Everybody say, not me. Glory to God. I feel like preaching. So you're not agreeing with that foolishness. You let the world be defeated. They laying off. Where's Brother Walt? Company laid off everybody and kept only his job. Only his job. Sound like a not me praise to me. Seemed like everybody else was signing up for unemployment. But Brother Walt got on a three-piece suit. You ought to slap somebody high five and say, not me. You say what you want. Go on and be broke. Go on and be busted. Go on and be sick. But I declare prosperity and favor. I declare increase. My God. In fact, go on and lift your hand and receive it. I speak favor in this house right now. Glory to God. Somebody shout, not me. Glory to God, man, this thing is getting good. So when you take dominion and authority, you know you got power to bind it loose. Come on, we're already employed. We can bind and loose. Glory to God. And until God gives me a job, how many of you know he'll send the ravens if he got to send somebody to feed me? I'm going to eat every day of my life. Before the brook dries up, he will have another resource in place. Come on, somebody. My cupboards will not run dry. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. He didn't say half the days of my life. I said, my cup, Pam, is running over. I feel a shout in this place. I said, surely, goodness. How's it happening, Claire? Every day of my, baby, you mess with me. I'll walk into a million dollars tomorrow morning because I understand that my daddy is rich. And houses in land. Everybody say, don't say that. Come with me then. To Luke 6 and 45, I'm trying not to shout, but I declare when I go to the closing on Thursday, when I sign the final line, I'm going to have to excuse myself. And I know everybody else in there, attorneys will be sophisticated. I'm going to give them a hand clap and find the nearest bathroom, lock myself up in a stall, and without music, I plan to dance. I plan to shout because every tongue that was spoken over KCC, everybody who left with ill intentions, everybody who said they're just a cult, everybody who let the devil use them, we stopped by to say that every tongue that rose in judgment did not work and God is getting the glory. Somebody say, not me. This is why you don't put your confidence in man. You put your confidence in God. Come with me to Luke 6 and 45. I don't want to take off too fast, but I'm going to show you how to be victorious today. Because Luke 6 and 45 will help us, Mama Mo. Look at this thing because, so you got to understand, God's got good things for you. He got things on his mind that he wants you to have, and you just got to take authority. 
Look at this thing in Luke 6 and 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his what? Heart bringing forth that which is. So a person who has the right heart, guess what they're going to speak? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. Let's read that. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? Speak. This word heart, because I said, Lord, what is a heart? You know, you're obviously not talking about our biological heart, you know, with the four chambers. You couldn't be referring to that because our heart doesn't speak biologically. And so I did my research and looked up the Greek on this word heart, and it comes from this word cardia. K-A-R-D-I-A, cardia, and the heart is literally your thoughts and feelings. Everybody say thoughts and feelings. This is why Jeremiah said the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The thoughts and feelings of a man's heart are desperately wicked, especially pre-salvation. This is why you got to get saved and work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. You're always working on the thoughts and feelings of your heart. Just give you a classic example. Most of you in this room, even as you have been saved, you don't want all of your thoughts to be publicized. You imagine if people could know everything you're thinking. Come on. I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm serious. Think about the people you bump into that you have certain thoughts about on any given day. You want them to know you're thinking that? Y'all know I'm right? Come on. I was in the store the other day, and this man, he was just as nice as they come. And I was just there to help my wife. She wanted to get some uh, clothes or something for Lauren. And, uh, but I needed to go. But the man just kept talking to me, Claire. He just was hemming me up and just telling me stuff about things in that store that I really didn't need nor want. Right? So now, immediately, Nehemiah, my heart shifted to, I wish this man would hush. Y'all ain't going to be honest. I'm ready to go. I don't want to talk any longer. That's what my heart was saying. But my mouth was saying, okay. So where is that located in the store? And that's on sale? Great. Y'all ain't going to be honest. That's just pastor. I... No, I wanted him to stop. I was ready to go. All right, I'm the only person in here who's still working on my heart. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So see, sometimes people will speak things over you that's really in their heart. And you can speak things over your own life that is resident in your heart. If you want to know what's really in a person's heart, put them in a panicky situation. That heart is going to speak. Man, I got Clyde repaired, got a new engine in him. That's my 1967 Beetle. Got a new engine in him and, you know, I was driving Clyde around for the past few months just as happy as can be. And the first day I brought him home, my wife said, dear, please don't park him in the garage. I said, why? She said, because he's going to leak oil in the garage. And, you know, of course, I had words with her. Come on, somebody. Because I love Clyde. I couldn't believe she would say something like that. I said, how do you let words like that come out 
of your mouth. What in the world would possess you? Clyde has been in the hospital a whole year. He finally comes home, Pam, and she gonna say something negative like that. I was frustrated. I went on out there in my garage with my flannel on, gasoline in my clothes, come on somebody, and I pulled Clyde smack dab into that garage. Now, she finally said, okay, dear, it is running, so it's fine. All right, all right, it's fine. It's fine. So she let me do it. About a day later, coming from underneath Clyde was a stream of liquid. This was clear around the winter time, so liquid was coming underneath him. And my wife came in the garage because at first she was telling me how happy she was for me. I'm so glad you got Clyde. I'm glad you got some of the desires of your heart. Dear, you need to have fun. You, you work really hard, and you should have something you enjoy. You don't never buy yourself nothing. So she had finally switched to positivity, Dana. And we were doing it. And, man, one day we pulled into the garage, and some streams was coming from underneath Clyde. And all of a sudden I saw her switch. And she said, I knew it. I told you not to park this car in the, in the garage and she spoke out of the abundance of her heart but watch this Glenn watch how God did her that was just some ice from the freezer that had melted and it didn't come from Clyde but at that point I knew how she really felt everybody say information so trust me she can't ride in Clyde no more out of the abundance of her heart the mouth spoke That was ice. It wasn't oil. Isn't that right, Brian? And he not leaking to this day. Bless his name. He's a good vehicle. And I love him. But her heart spoke in the panic. And that's what happens to people, John, even in faith. I make you laugh this morning, but with faith, it works the same way. You could be saying, God, I believe you. I know you're going to come through. I know you're going to come through. And then let all of a sudden something tragic or something crazy happen. And then you start going back practical. All of a sudden, you don't have enough money. You start going back logical. All of a sudden, the math ain't adding up. It's not looking good. And you revert back to the carnal mind, Romans 8 and 7, which is enmity against God. And what I'm trying to tell you this morning is, is if you're going to have victory, even in your darkest day, even when things don't look right, don't say what you see, say what you know. I'm not saying what this looks like. That doesn't mean I'm ignoring the pain. The pain is there. I'm still doing what the doctor told me to do until I get healed. I'm not ignoring it, but I am saying what God is going to do. And I realize that any day now, this cancer is going to have to back up. I realize any day now, this lupus, come on somebody, is going to have to back up. These tumors are going to be shrunk any day now because I agree with God. Everybody say, don't say that. Cardia, thoughts and feelings. Pressure produces the words of what's in your heart. So how do you change the heart? Number one, change it by submitting to God's law, which is his word. Change it by submitting to God's law, which is his word. Psalm 19, 7 through 8, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. It will convert the soul. Another word for heart. It will change the way the heart thinks. Anybody in here, you grew in faith over your Christian walk? 
Maybe some of you, even since coming to the church, you just grew in faith. Certain things you didn't know before, and now just the word of God converted the heart. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the What's the second way you change the heart? Rebuttal it when it tries to revert back to old ways of thinking. You got to rebuttal your heart. How do you rebuttal your heart? You got to say it out loud. Your mountains need to hear you talk. You got to speak to that mountain of pain that's trying to tell you you're going to be sick. You got to speak to the mountain of I don't have the job. No, I don't have the job yet. And by faith, I got a better one for you. By faith, I already got the job. I'm just waiting on the assigned day for the manifestation of what I already have. You got to rebuttal it. So number one, submit to God's law, which is his word. Number two, rebuttal it. So whatever is in you wants to procreate in your destiny. This is why you got to work so hard to both guard and change your heart. Everybody say guard your heart. And change your heart. How do you guard your heart? When people speak over you, don't say that. Guard your heart. All right? And you can be kind. I'm not telling you to go off on people. But when people speak things that don't collaborate with God's will. You know, have an answer. Peter said always have an answer. You got to answer back. No, no, that's not what I heard. Come on. They start speaking this, speaking that. No, 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 that ain't what God showed me. (laughs) You may as well just be content. Well, I am content. It ain't changed my contentment. God just going to bless me. Am I right, Rose? You're not getting religious. Just be satisfied. I am satisfied. I didn't say I was leaving Jesus. God's just got more in store for me. I don't have to go so far to the right or the left. I'm not leaving the church because I don't have the money I need yet. My relationship ain't based on material things anyway. But you're not going to make me say that my life is going to always be like this. Don't say that. I'm debt free. Debt free. Come on, somebody. You ought to say I'm debt free. Now, you still got a mortgage every, every week or month, rather. But you're debt free. Well, we're going to pay for these loans 30 years, not me. You might pay for yours. Come on. That's a resolve. Somebody say, don't say that. So you got to rebut whatever is being spoken over you. Today, I want to show you then how to call negative words spoken over your life off of assignment. Or a better way of saying it is how to get rid of negativity spoken over your life. Because Isaiah 54 and 17 says, every word that's spoken over you in judgment, you have the power to condemn it. You will condemn it. All right? If you're going to speak against these words, first of all, everybody say you got to have an understanding. Understand what? Come with me to Genesis 3 and 1. Understand that words are a part of Satan's weaponry. That's the first point. If you don't know what Satan's arsenals are, you are going to lose to him. But if you know that one of his biggest weapons of mass destructions is words, then you will know how to capture him. I'm going to show you how Satan literally used words before he ever used anything else. Before Satan used sickness, 
which is one of his weapons, and disease, before Satan used uh, sexual temptation, which is one of his weapons, before he used the eyes to draw people away with the lusts of this world and be enticed, the first thing Satan used as a weapon was his words. Come with me to Genesis 3, just one verse. Watch this. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he what? Stop right there. He did what? That means he used words. He spoke something. And he said to Eve, has God really said that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And I don't need to go over the whole Adam and Eve story with you this morning. Eve got thrown off and Adam alike because of the words that were released. Satan did not, contrary to popular belief, send a beautiful woman besides Eve in the garden to tempt Adam. He didn't. Because you know why? He didn't have the power to create that which was in the natural. He had to get into somebody in the natural. And the only way he could get in you is through your thought pattern by using his chatter. I was uh, talking to Brother Antoine yesterday. Man, this thing blessed me so good. And he was in the Air Force. And he just told me about how when he got in the Air Force, the sergeants and all the guys, I guess, above him as they were in training, they literally would yell at them all the time. And, you know, that's a part of being in the military. They kind of break you down mentally. And so they'll get in your face. They'll yell at you. They probably tell you all kinds of stuff. I've never been in it. I got an oldest brother who was in the Navy. He told me the same thing. And, and Antoine was sharing his story as we were talking yesterday. And it blessed my life. Uh, and, and a light came on for me because when he got to the end of his story he said and you know what pastor they would just try to tear us down and he said I remember saying to myself why did I sign up for this or why did I get on this bus you know he began to reflect on that but then he said something that really set me free he said uh, but one of the things that made me maintain myself while being in the armed forces was I realized by law they could talk all they wanted to but they couldn't touch me Y'all didn't get that. He said they they could talk. They could get in my, they could cuss me out. They can do anything they wanted to do. They could call me nothing, but they couldn't touch me. Oh, y'all not getting this. All I'm trying to say is, is the words that Satan is trying to speak into you about defeat and about the things that's not going to happen. Watch this. When you take a bloodbath in Jesus, get filled with the Holy Ghost, he can talk all he wants to, but it ain't but so far he can go. And you've got to authorize him to go further. But if you begin to speak back, somebody say, say something back. If you begin to say something back, like no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Devil, I bind you in. In the name of Jesus, he's got to bow out of the fact because he knows that he was whipped over 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary. You got to say something. And talk all he wants. Tell you you'll never be anything. You had that baby out of wedlock and you'll never catch up. The devil is alive. 
You, ha- you know what? You had that abortion. You, God, God ain't forgiving you for that. You'll never have your own baby. No, the devil is a liar. He's removed my sins as far as the east is from the west. You got caught up in some adultery. Your marriage will never be the same. The devil is a liar. Me and my wife going for ice cream this afternoon, and we're loving each other better than we've ever loved each other because that's what the blood of Jesus does for a person. Come on, somebody. If any man be in Christ, he is a good God my a new creature. Old things are gone. Good God Almighty. I want you to think about the worst old thing that ever happened in your life. And when you get it on your mind, give God a great praise and wave it bye-bye and let the devil know no matter what you suggest, I feel like shouting this morning, no matter what you try, it didn't work. I'm still here. It ain't working now. It didn't work then. And I'm a new person. Somebody shout hallelujah. (laughs) the enemy got him Glenn through words did God really say that notice what's happening in Genesis 3 and 1 he's questioning their destiny God really say he's going to bless you with a job God really say you're going to be healed I mean did the Lord really tell you not to eat of every tree because see Satan knows he can't Call the word of God void, but he can make your heart void of receiving. He can't stop what God wants to do, but he can stop you from receiving God. Everybody in this church right now, you're a free being. You are not under arrest. You are, you've not done any crime. At least I don't know about any. And, and the truth of the matter is, is, you know, today you are free to go eat wherever you want to eat. But, you know, mess around, go out here and, and hold up a bank on Monday. You see in my parallel? Go do something crazy, right? All of a sudden, you have changed um, the whole dynamic of your life. And I'm not even preaching about that this morning. Understand the metaphor that I'm drawing. Satan would have to fill you to get you into bondage. You'd have to agree with him to go out there and do that crime. You'd have to agree with him, Adam and Eve, to eat of this tree. So you got to silence every word that Satan tries to project. And even people, somebody say, even people who mean well. Come with me to Matthew 16, 21. This is going to be so good. And, and, and how about don't tell like your aunt or mother off? Because that's not what pastor is saying. They mean well. So you don't really have to go and yell at them. They just might not be spirit filled. So when they give you counsel or feedback, their feedback is meant to protect you. But you got to understand that even in those cases, you still got to renounce those words. Come with me to Matthew 16. Jesus loved Peter better than he loved any other disciples. And and I want you to look at this thing. And uh, Jesus is saying to the disciples, I'm getting ready to go to Calvary. I'm getting ready to die. And so he charges them. In verse 20, but in verse 21, the Bible says from that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer. How many of you in here, if one of your kids, brothers, loved ones told you they got to suffer, you tried to stop them? Of course you would. But he said, I got to suffer many things of the elders, chief priests, scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him to the side. And, and the, the student begins to rebuke the teacher and began to rebuke Jesus saying, 
Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be done unto thee. You will not be harmed by those people. I will fight every one of them. Not going to happen. But he turned and renounced Peter's words. Get thee behind me. Did y'all get that? Now, this is a person that meant him well, but spoke the wrong his words, Sean Clear, didn't line up with Jesus' destiny. Jesus knew his destiny. He, Peter didn't understand his destiny. Jesus knew that the joy that was set before him was going to be that he would have all power. Peter was looking in the carnal. And so you got to denounce words spoken over you, even by people who mean well, but they don't agree with God. So the first point, if you're going to call words off of assignment, is understand that words are a part of Satan's weaponry. They are in his arsenal. Number two, and we got to move, and I'm almost done. Understand that you have authorization to do so. Everybody say authorized power. Now I want you to go back to Isaiah 54 and 17 because you got authorized power. And some people say, Pastor Gabe, we already know that. Well, I'm telling you this morning, if you go home and exercise this in spiritual warfare, you are going to see some victories. And I'm going to venture off to say for somebody, you're going to see some victories this week. Come on. You got authorized power. I've seen it happen over a two-week period with our building project. The first week, there was a major hiccup going on. That's when we all fasted and prayed together. And I said in Bible study that Thursday night, I said, I believe we're going to get some good news tomorrow. Y'all, the next day, about 4.30, we got some good news. Okay, this week, uh, they were waiting on the appraisal to be approved. They didn't know if they were going to approve the appraisal done by a legitimate appraiser. How many of you know the enemy will try anything? And I remember Friday morning, uh, getting up early that morning, binding the devil, commanding him to loose our appraisal, to loose everything concerning us. Y'all, it was after business hours on Friday, about 5, 6.30 at night, that we got an email from the bank when they ain't even supposed to be working, talking about some, you're good to go to close. But see, you got to call some stuff off and call some stuff in. I command you, devil, to stop holding stuff off. I command you, devil, to get your hands off my husband. I command you, devil, to send my son back home in the name of Jesus. Everybody say authorized power. Now I want to play, uh, say cool on this word or phrase, heritage of the saints. No weapon that's formed against thee will what? In every tongue or every word that rises against thee, uh, you have the power to condemn it. But go to the C clause, which says, this is the what of the servants? The heritage of the servants of the Lord. This word heritage comes from a Hebrew word, nakala. Nakala. N-A-C-H-A-L-A-H. N-A-C-H-A-L-A-H. And this word nakala means inheritance for the believer. Did you get that? Inheritance. Everybody say it's our inheritance. Now, do you know what an inheritance is? An inheritance is something that has been left to you. After someone who loved you is long gone. And when Jesus died, I'm not just trying to excite you. Get this. 
But when he died, he did a knock-a-lot in your life. He left you some power. He left you some resources. He left you with authority in the earth realm. And that's why he told you whatever you bind on earth would have already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth would have already been loosed in heaven. You have an inheritance. Now, how many people in here have an authorized power or an inheritance? Go with me to Acts 20 and 32. How many of you in here, if somebody left you, now this is going to bless you real good. Somebody left you with $3 million in a trust account. And for the record, this is not a lesson on prosperity. Although we know God is comprehensive and he does all things, so he will bless you in all domains of your life. But stay with the metaphor. If somebody left you with millions of dollars as an inheritance, how many people in here would not go and transfer it to your account? I'm glad I'm talking to intelligent people this morning. Because I clear if you raise your hand on that, everybody would look at you with a frown. Because we would know you're lying. You would go and transfer that money as of today. Now, you might go sit with a, a relationship banker, and you would ask them, now the FDIC rules are I can't have more than 250000 without it being insured. How do I diverse, diversify my portfolio? Should I leave a little bit of it here and put a little bit over there? A little, a little, right? You're going to get a strategy, but for God's sake, you're going to get every dime that's yours. So why in the world would we allow Jesus over 2,000 years ago to have left us with so much power and not use it? You got authority. And somebody say, well, pastor, I tried to take authority, but when I prayed, it didn't move. That's a trick of the enemy. Because he wants to convince you over time that your prayers are null and void. But watch this. This is why God told James and James told the church, let patience have her perfect work. So faith, thank you, Brother Andrew Womack, is just, uh, excuse me, patience rather, is faith over time. You got to keep getting up in faith until you see what you've been praying for. You don't just pray one time and say, well, it didn't happen, so, oh, well, I guess God doesn't want me to have it. No, you pray, and then you pray a prayer of thanksgiving, and then you do warfare and bind up every demonic imp that is trying to hold up. Daniel chapter 10, spirit of Persia, I heard you three weeks ago, but I was held up by the spirit of Persia. Baby, you got to know how to pray Michael in. You got to know how to pray some warring angels in. You got to know how to call on the God of your salvation, ask him to release ministering angels on your behalf to release what he wants you to have somebody say it's my knockala look at Acts 20 and 32 the Bible says it this way even in the New Testament watch what brother Paul says in Acts 20 and 32 he says now brethren I commend you to God I'm leaving you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up but keep reading and to give you a inheritance but watch this among all of us who are sanctified this inheritance isn't for everybody 
You are a royal priesthood, a special breed of people. You are separated for what God wants to do in your life. So it does not apply to the sinner who does not want to be on the Lord's side. The way that sinner gets his inheritance is by crying out to the Lord and getting saved. But I'm talking to the church this morning to strengthen you to let you know that this is an inheritance, but it is set for those, even I think the NLT version says, it's set for those that he has set apart for himself. Did you catch that? Anybody in here been set apart for God? I hope y'all are getting this this morning. So see, whereas everybody else is dying or losing or whatever the case may be, you got to move to a place to understand that I've been set apart to win. I've been set apart to be victorious. I'm not agreeing with, and some people think I come off as arrogant when I say stuff like this, but I I really don't care. I'm not agreeing with what people say about me that has to do with defeat. You got to ask yourself this question. Who are they to govern your life? This is my life. Now, if you want to be defeated, praise the Lord. But I got an inheritance. Come on, who, who is anybody to tell you how much money you can make? They're going to put you in a box. And doesn't the world do that? You buy, one, you buy one extra car for your household and then your loved one starts saying, well, what are you going to do with the old one? Keep it. What do you think I ought to do with it? <laughs> Let me keep it. <laughs> I might drive that one tomorrow. I'm going to drive this one today. I might drive that one tomorrow. Or the Lord might touch my heart and tell me to give it to somebody. That's kingdom work. Are you in here? I'm going to do what he tells me to do with it. Well, you know, you're making, you're making, you're making a little extra money now. What, what you think, what you think you're going to do with that? I remember I was a little musician, y'all. Pastor Gabe has always been a capitalist. I've always known how to make money. Somebody doesn't like that, but that's all right. And I'm not going to teach it because somebody doesn't like it. But I've always known how to make money. So when I was 11, I started playing the piano. That's Elder Glenn. He'll tell you. And, this, you know, so I was making some good money. Because I had, you remember that, Glenn? I had contracts with three churches. And, man, they'd had to pay me per rehearsal. If I walked in the door, they had to pay me. I ain't even sat down yet. I'm getting paid for the day. Y'all realize that? (laughs) I played for all these churches, and I'll never forget one of the churches hired me, and they said to me, they said, you're the youngest musician we have, but you realize you're the highest paid musician in the church. (laughs) You know, they had other people in there who had degrees and everything. I guess they didn't know how to talk for themselves. (laughs) That was playing too. But I said, well, praise the Lord. What y'all want me to say to that? And then one of the guys had nerve to ask me, he said, well, you're a young man. You're only 12. He said, what do you plan on doing with the money? You going to buy Nikes every week? What, what's your strategy? And, and, you know, I told him pointedly. I said, I'm going to do what I want to do with it. <laughs> Ask my mother and my brother. They, they remember. I said, I'm going to do what I want to do with it. And then I followed it up with a further. I needed a beating after this. I followed it up and I said, what do you do with your money? <laughs> a 12-year-old. What do you do with your money when you make it? I didn't get a beating, Brian. I guess my parents said he's kind of right. 
I'm do what I'm going to tithe and I'm going to do what I want with it. Then I go to the mall and buy me 10 shirts, whatever I want to buy. It's my money. Do whatever I want to do with it. I'm having a moment. You ought to have that moment. The Lord start blessing your life. Stop apologizing to the devil. Tell my son what you're going to do with the blessing. You tried to hinder the blessing, but your weapon didn't stop it. Everybody say it's an attitude. And actually, it really is God-esteem. It's not self-esteem. Christians don't believe in self-esteem. It's in him we live, move, and have our being. And when we realize we are a son, we are a son of God. We are sons of God. You will walk in your inheritance. The word of God refers to you as sons. We are no longer servants, but we are sons. That's not a sacrilegious statement. All that is saying is, is I realize who I'm connected to. Somebody say it's my inheritance. All right, finally, we're going home, Tony. I love this last point. I promise you're going to love Pastor Gabe for this one. How to get rid of negative words spoken over your life. This is it. Number three, most important point of the day. Treat your mouth like a loaded gun. Come with me to 2 Kings 7, 1 through 2, and I'm going to let you go home. I'm glad this was a good message today. Glory to God. To God be the glory. Somebody take this word of God and you start speaking up some stuff of victory. You start speaking, your, uh, treating your mouth like a loaded gun. Uh, Anthony is in the church today. I'm going to tell you one. I, I play wrestle with all the young men in the church like Kimoni and some of these guys, you know. Sometimes I even throw an elbow uh, at Sekou or something like that. But it's one brother in the church. It's two, actually. Travis, two. Uh, uh, two brothers in the church that I don't play wrestle with ever. <laughs> Both of them. Because there's something on their hip that could potentially go off. So ain't nobody playing with nobody who got a gun. I don't, I don't even come up from behind them to shake their hand. Hey, Travis, pow! Thought you was trying to hurt me. No, I make sure they see me when I'm coming. They got guns. So see, like I got to really understand that the safety is on that gun. Treat your mouth the same way. So you don't accidentally shoot yourself with defeat. Come with me to 2 Kings 7, 1 through 2. We're going home. This is our last scripture of the day. This is going to bless you, going to bless you, going to bless you. Everybody say this with me. Don't even joke with people about being defeated. Don't play like that. Don't joke with nobody about you losing. Warriors don't even play certain kinds of ways. They'll play other ways. But when it comes to their purpose and them winning, ain't nothing funny about that to them. Your mouth is a loaded gun and we're going home. Look at 2 Kings verse number 1 and 2. I like this. Then Elijah said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Now, Elijah is speaking blessings and favor over these people. And uh, thus said the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel in the, in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord, one of the servants there, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God 
and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? He was literally saying, yeah, right. God who make windows in heaven, he really going to do this thing? It's really going to come to pass? Everybody say, loaded gun. Elijah, the man of God, answered him, and he said, Behold, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not eat thereof. His mouth, clear, his mouth, Joe, his mouth talked him right out of the blessing Pam God had for him. You know how many things in here God really wanted us to have, Tracy? And we, and we let somebody come and persuade us to think another way? Or we ourselves spoke over some things and it didn't come into fruition? We began to release what was in our soul and in our emotions. This doesn't look good. It's not making sense. Come on. We begin to release words that God didn't authorize us to release. We get a blessing. We get prophecy over our life. God wants you to have the job. God wants you to have this. And it takes some of us, you know, 60 months before we get the faith to know that God said it. God said it. He wanted you to have it. He wanted you to enjoy it. He wanted you to prosper in it. But because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and the heart has not been transitioned or converted, you begin to speak and release everything except what God said. It's pouring rain down today. And you know what somebody said today when they woke up this morning? Well, another gloomy day. There you have it. There you have it. And I don't know about you, but I've been in some rainy days where the Lord blessed me while it was raining. It was raining and the check came in the mail. I had to use an umbrella to get the check out the mail. It was, Shantae, it was pouring. I, yeah, Glenn, I got that check right on in the rain. Then I went to the bank with that same umbrella. In the rain, pouring down, Alicia, pouring down. Wendy, I put that check right in the bank. And I went home, and I realized that the electronic, you know, piece that happens with that check, it didn't mess up because of the rain. The bank system still was working, pouring down rain. But somebody, oh, here we go. It's another gloomy day. Some crazy person stayed home from church because of rain. You live in America where you got cars and umbrellas. And you don't go to church because it's raining. How foolish. And you know, I don't make people feel good about coming to church on rainy days. Or because it's cold outside, I'm glad you made it. But it's heat in the church. You know, Cassie, the church is warm. In fact, it's super warm today. You know, it's heat and it's heat or, or air or whatever you need. It's in the church. It's like, you know, our Western culture has bent our mind up on defeat. We, even the world, if you listen to the world, and we're going to talk about this real soon, but the world writes songs like Blue Monday. Come on. Wednesday is hump day. Which, that is my favorite commercial now, the Geico commercial. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it? Hump day? That's my favorite commercial. I can watch that seven times in a row, but that's because I got problems. 
I don't suggest you do that. Um, I get joy out of the darndest things. And that one and the one with the scary commercial, when they're supposed to go get in the car, the car is running. And they say, a car? You idiot! Let's go to the barn! And they go sit under the chainsaws and... The Jason guy is sitting back there like, man, I'm going to cut these guys' head off any minute now. I love those commercials. They mess me up. I'm going to go watch some after church today. So you're not agreeing, though, and we got three minutes, and I love you this morning. But you're not agreeing with anything the devil suggests. Nothing. Nothing. You having a baby, I don't care what they say. You're not agreeing with nothing the devil suggests. Who is he to tell you what's going to happen? He's going to tell you where you're going to sit, and he don't got no authority. I mean, he don't run nothing. I don't, know, I don't know why the Lord has me there. He don't run nothing. He is the prince of the power of the air, but that's for people whose eyes are blinded in the world. You have come into the marvelous light. You got authority over him. Come on, somebody. And don't be so bashful. Somebody say, well, Pastor Gabe, I'm not as Gregorious as you. You know, I'm not really that assertive. You don't got to be assertive. Not to that extent. You just got to have an answer. You don't have to fight with people. I'm not telling you to go in the doctor's office. You know, the doctors say it doesn't look good. Then you put them in a headlock and give them a noogie. And you say, you better say it's looking good. It's looking good. It's looking good. Say it's looking good. That's too much. <laughs> you don't got to do that. You know? Or you're in the doctor's office, Thomas said, no, that ain't what God told me. Shh. This is a hospital. Shh. Shh. Not too loud. Ta, 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 ta. <laughs> Look, ignorant doing stuff like that. You simply, no. simply have an answer. Guys, stop the tape. Y'all come on stand. I'm done now. I can tell when I'm done. 